Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking Donate. Don't forget, I have two other podcasts you can enjoy, Pucks and Cups and From John to Justin, which release every single week on all podcast platforms. This episode is sponsored by the City of Beaumont. As I usually do when I'm looking at a community's history, I won't be going in a chronological order, but looking at various aspects of that community's history. So let's begin. Indigenous History The area that would be Beaumont would be home to many indigenous groups through the centuries. Long before Europeans arrived, the area was mostly home for the Blackfoot, the Cree, the Sioux, and eventually the Métis. An indigenous presence within the Beaumont and Edmonton area goes back long before even the pyramids or any other European structures were built. Arrowheads have been found that date back as much as 11 to 13,000 years ago. In this time, the indigenous were hunting mammoths, bison, caribou, and muskox through the region. As with many areas in the Canadian prairies, the bison were a vital part of the way of life for the indigenous, with huge bison hunts being held as far north as places like Beaumont before the bison were sadly nearly wiped out due to overhunting by Canadians and Americans in the last half of the 19th century. By the 1880s, an indigenous group called the Paspachase were living in the area, numbered roughly 200 people. Most of these people would migrate elsewhere amid the signing of the numbered treaties, and by 1887, most had left the area. The land that the indigenous had lived on was then sold to others in the area, with the money going to the neighbouring indigenous, whose families were beginning to integrate into the growing rural community. Today, Beaumont celebrates its indigenous heritage through the National Indigenous People's Day celebrations. In 2020, with COVID-19, celebrations were still held, and Beaumont held several virtual events to help residents take part. Here's Mayor John Stewart. From what we've been able to learn, uh, the Papa Chase Cree used to travel and hunt in this area. Uh, and while land wasn't settled by the Métis, we have a significant population of Métis that actually live in Beaumont. Uh, and so following the work of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, our council agreed it was really important to recognize uh, the Indigenous people and their heritage. We started to celebrate the Indigenous history, so we begin all of our public meetings with the land and treaty acknowledgement. So yeah, so we recognized Métis Week for the flag raising for the first time. And we also did a Treaty 6 flag raising uh, for Indigenous Day this year. Um, and so when we opened up our new rec centre, it sort of followed on naturally that we would invite the, the Indigenous populations to come and do a smudging ceremony uh, to bless our new building and, and get it off on the right foot. Um, but Bowman is continuing to look for ways to be able to build our relationships with their Indigenous groups and to find some meaningful ways to include them in the community. The founding of the community. The start of Beaumont dates back to the 1890s, when the area was still barely developed. It was in the early 1890s that a French colony was created on 10 acres of land purchased from the Hudson's Bay Company, with a founding resident also donating 20 acres. Those 30 acres would become the basis of the small hamlet of Beaumont. 
The colony consisted of about 20 French-Canadian families who decided to settle close to each other. Along with those French-Canadian families, there were several new English families who had also settled in the area. In 1894, the first school would be built in what would one day be Beaumont. One year later, the decision was made to have Father Morin travel to Ottawa to petition for a post office. Several names were given as a possibility, including Bellevue and Beaumont. In the end, Beaumont was chosen, which means beautiful hills. For the early settlers of Beaumont, life revolved around the church, a structure I will be getting to in the next section. When raffles and donation drives were held, it was so that they could bring in new decorations and improvements to the church, including chandeliers in 1928. In 1960, the community continued to grow with 400 families, over half of which were francophone. For much of its history over the course of the next several decades, Beaumont remained part of the local improvement district, then the municipal district of Black Mud in 1943, and eventually the community moved from being a hamlet to a village in 1973 when Ken Nichol became the first mayor. Four years later, the community grew once again and became a town, with Robert Willis as the new mayor. In 2019, Beaumont became a city. Today, Beaumont is home to 18,320 people, 2,000 of which are bilingual and 5% of which speak French as a first language, giving the community a unique flair in the middle of the Alberta prairie. Today, many of its streets are named after the founders of the community. The community has worked to preserve its heritage, including recently when the decision was made to require all new buildings downtown to have steep gable roofs that align to the original French-style architecture. Beaumont was also a founding community in the Association of Alberta Francophone Municipalities. Here's Mayor John Stewart. From our city slogan, uh, Vec is free, um, to our bilingual street, park and school names, um, our, our French heritage, you can see it and feel it throughout the entire city. In fact, many descendants of the founding families still call Beaumont home. Um, it's not unusual to hear residents speaking French in our communities. In fact, we're one of the four officially bilingual communities in Alberta. Um, it's just a great place to celebrate French heritage in Alberta. The St. Vital Roman Catholic Church One of the defining buildings in the Beaumont area, and an important part of the community throughout its history, is the St. Vital Roman Catholic Church. While the church has changed and a new one has been built, its role in Beaumont's history cannot be understated. The first church was built in 1895 and had a log-hewn rectory that was only 20 feet square, which was built in 1896. The land had been chosen by Father Albert Lacombe himself in 1894, and the small church would hold its first mass on June 30, 1895. The cost of the land from the Hudson's Bay Company was only $50, and a bell was purchased weighing 800 pounds for $100. By 1897, work was continuing on the church, and by Christmas 1898, the interior was completed, but not yet painted. Up until 1907, the large bell was on a turret between the church and the rectory, but that year a steeple was built, and a new rectory was built in 1917. The community would suffer a terrible loss on February 10, 1918, when the church burned down, but a new one would be built in 1919 at a cost of $30,000, or $409,000 today. 
Work was done mostly by volunteer labor among the parishioners, with Reverend J.A. Norman Dew serving as the supervisor of the project. No machinery was available, so the basement was built by digging out the ground with horses pulling scrapers. How the fire started is not known, but it was noticed at 6 a.m., and an alarm was sounded in the village. Nothing could be saved, but it is believed the fire started at the altar around 4 a.m., and before long it had spread across the church. The bell was eventually found, nothing more than a lump of metal. The construction of the new church was no small process. A total of 500 loads of sand were brought in, along with 300 loads of gravel and 600 loads of rocks. As well, 1,500 bags of cement were used, and everything but the cement was transported by the parishioners free of charge. Lumber and bricks were brought from Leduc, huge tree trunks served as the foundation of the building, and on July 4, 1920, the new church would hold its first Mass. By November of 1921, parishioners added a 2,000-pound bell to the bell tower. The church was blessed and named Marie Vitaline in recognition of the patron saint of the church. Without the volunteer labor of parishioners, it is likely the construction of the church would have cost much more. In 1934, the cross of Jacques Cartier was erected under the patronage of the French-Canadian Association of Alberta, and a statue of the Virgin Mary was built in 1935. Here's Mayor John Stewart. That is our most uh, well-known landmark. Um, it's right in the center of the city. Uh, you can see it from almost all the approaches to the community. You can see it from everywhere from a long way away. Um, basically, the church was originally uh, set up in 1895. The bishop of the time, Vital Grandin, uh, appointed Father Albert Lacombe to select the site for the church, which he selected the top of the hill. And then he sent Father Poitras um, out with a load of wood and with the helpful local residents uh, built it in 1895. Having said that, um, the church that we have now is actually the second church because it uh, burned down in the original church burned down in 1918. While we were building, uh, planning the reconstruction of it, of course, they had to move religious services to some nearby schools. Um, but we rebuilt the current church, uh, started in 1919, wrapped up in about 1921. Um, but of course, with the age of the church over the years, it's been heavily repaired and had some additions put onto it, including the grotto, um, which was built in 1935, which is still on the site today. Um, yeah, it's an interesting church. I love that church. I'd like to take a break away from the episode for a second to talk about ExploreNet. I spent most of my life living in rural areas in Canada, and I remember the days of dial-up internet and spotty high-speed service. For the past three years, I have been a customer of ExploreNet, and I can honestly say that it is the best rural internet I have ever had. My job as a podcaster means I spend a lot of time researching online, interviewing people over Zoom, and uploading content. Through it all, ExploreNet has provided me with excellent service. When I'm not working, I enjoy streaming content on several streaming platforms, and even doing some online gaming with a friend in Ontario. ExploreNet allows me to do all of that with ease. Right now, they offer up to 50 megabits per second on their new LTE network with unlimited data. Their service has only become faster and better since I first signed on. Today and beyond, ExploreNet is investing in building and upgrading the network at a rapid pace. ExploreNet is rural, and that is their route, and that is their focus. For more information about rural internet options in your area, go to ExploreNet.com or call 1-866-285-2253.
The St. Jacques Heritage House Joseph St. Jacques was born in Quebec on December 2, 1883, and would move west with his brothers in 1905. While they settled in Saskatchewan, he settled in Alberta. In 1910, he was married to his wife Nellie, and two years later they built a home where they would raise their four children, one of which would die in infancy. Joseph and Nellie both worked hard to help the church, including cleaning it and decorating it when big events were planned. Joseph would eventually pass away in 1969, 17 years after Nellie, but their house remains. Their son Raymond would live in the house after his parents while also farming on the family land. The house has since been moved to the Beacon Park in Beaumont thanks to the Beaumont and District Heritage Society. It serves as a reminder of the people who came to the community alone, found someone to spend their lives with, and whose descendants helped make Beaumont prosper. Well, it was a pretty tight squeeze at times, but Beaumont's oldest building made it to a new location this morning and made it in one piece as well. As David Awasing reports, there were plenty of people who came out to watch this happen, but for one family, it really was a moving experience. Beaumont's undisputed landmark is the red brick church on the hill, but the unassuming farmhouse beside it holds a different distinction. It's now been here longer than anything else still standing. Pretty old. It is. Just about as old as I am. <laughs> Today, the original St. Jacques family home went on a road trip. And after 106 years, this old house traveled well. She's still standing. She didn't break, uh, which really bodes well for the future. A piece of the past traveled down the hill through the winding roads and communities in a town that now numbers nearly 20,000. A moving metaphor for some. If you can't see where we've been, how do we know where we're going? A huge crew watching every tight turn and clearance. Position it in here, wiggle around a little bit. Not the biggest move they've ever done, nor the fastest, but mostly straightforward. How's it going so far? Easy? Oh yeah, it's always easy. After nearly two hours, the building went down the final street. And this is where they hope the house will now sit for the next hundred years. It'll become an interactive museum with an emphasis on what life was like for French-Canadian homesteaders at the turn of the last century. It's a dream come true, finally. That's why the Heritage Society was organized, was to make this happen. As the house slid into place on Beaumont's busiest road, a location they hope that will help the next round of fundraising, one woman went back to where that house once stood her grandmother's home no longer sitting atop the hill. I have a lot of memories here, and so not having it here makes me really sad. At least it's still, still standing. It's still standing. Historical house in town. David Awasik, CTV News, Beaumont. Here's Mayor John Stewart. I was built by the St. Jacques family in 1912 on 80 acres of farmland, which, is, which was directly below the St. Patel Church. Uh, and over time, once again, as the land was developed, the home was sort of threatened. Um, but the Beaumont District Heritage Society, they raised some funds to move the home to its current location on 50th Street, um, which coincidentally is this is part of that same 80 acres where the home was originally built on. Um, mm -hmm. They just moved it down the hill. Um, and it's currently in the process of uh, being restored um, so that we can eventually hope, hope to open it up as a sort of a visitor center and offer some heritage programming. The Gobey Heritage Barn. 
Ernest Gobey was born in 1875 and came to Beaumont with his family in 1912, consisting of his wife Eugenie and their four children. Two more children were born in Beaumont. They joined his brother and his family when they first came out, settling near the church. The two brothers would work the land together until 1919 when Ernest bought land nearby a half mile away from Beaumont. Two of his sons chose to stay on the land of their uncle to work. Eugenie would pass away in 1926 while Ernest would die in 1952 at the age of 72. Before he died, he built a barn in the 1940s and by that point had bought several farms in the area, which he gave to his sons on a rental basis. The barn itself would remain with the Gobe family for decades before the decision was made to move the barn weighing 800,000 pounds to a new destination. Along the move, four generations of the family were there to see it. On April 26, 2016, the barn was moved to a new home on the Agricultural Society Fairgrounds and the Beaumont and District Heritage Society and the Beaumont and District Agricultural Society made a decision to preserve the barn as a relic of the past. Here's Mayor John Stewart. With Beaumont's massive growth around the mid-2000s, uh, development started to reach it and so uh, discussion was started in the community to preserve the barn for, for future generations to come and see what it was like. And so um, in 2016, it was moved from a site northwest of town to the Beaumont District Ag Society grounds so people can visit it. Yes. And our recent addition to the Ag Society grounds was the Magnon Home. Our Magna, I, sorry, Magnon <laughs> Home. Yeah, it was just relocated from downtown Beaumont. <laughs> Uh, right here at the end of October, we had some great pictures of it going down the road. Um, but once again, it's, it's a similar story. The land started to get developed. Uh, and so they graciously offered to donate the home. Um, but yeah, originally built in 1919. It's a great example of uh, a period home from the time. But it, uh, at various times in its, its life cycle, it served as a post office, the gas station. And at one time, it even had a pool hall and a little bit of a confectionery. Uh, so, so it's like it's a beautiful example of what a heritage of the heritage of the time. The Hay Lakes Telegraph Station. About 30 kilometers away from Beaumont, you will find a marker just outside of Hay Lakes, advertising the Hay Lakes Telegraph Station historic site. The original station was constructed in 1879 as the western part of the telegraph line was being constructed through the area. On November 20th, 1877, the station was officially functioning, with Major Jarvis out of Fort Saskatchewan sending the first message over this section line to Battleford. The first repairman in this building, and the local telegraph line, was James McCurman. He would maintain the western lines until 1879, when he was replaced by Alex Taylor. That year, an office was established in Edmonton, and the use of the facility slowly declined until it was only used as a repairman's hut. Today, a cairn sits where the original building was once found, and it serves as a reminder of the early communication history of Alberta. On June 15, 1976, the location became a provincial historic resource. The Alfred Dubord Home In 1893, Alfred and Marie-Louis Dubord came to the Beaumont area with their children to begin working on a farm nearby. It was in 1919 when Alfred moved from his farm near Beaumont to a home within the community one block from the church. He would live in the house for the next decade or so until Leopold Magnum bought the house, which would remain in the family from that time onwards. 
On October 29, 2020, the house was moved and in the spring of 2021, a new foundation will be constructed for the house. Here's Mayor John Stewart. We are a really short drive to Edmonton. Uh, we have friendly, warm people. Uh, in fact, our population has doubled in the last 10 years. Um, but we have managed to maintain that small town community feel uh, where everyone looks out for one another. You know the name of your neighbor. Um, we have some beautiful parks and playgrounds and trails. We have a great, small, thriving arts and crafts community. <laughs> if you want to go fishing, our lake is stocked every summer uh, with trout, so you can have, stop and have a fish in uh, Four Seasons Park. Uh, and as you, as, uh, as you know, we have a Chartier restaurant in town, so we have a lot of unique little restaurants and boutiques down in our Centreville shopping district. Uh, it's just a great place to come, come and see. Come and see. You can expect to Beaumont, you can expect to meet some very friendly people, have some incredible food, experience great hospitality. Um, you get some beautiful views, you get some beautiful walks. Um, if you're into community events, we run about nine a year. Uh, unfortunately, due to COVID-19, most have been canceled, but normally you can expect a fun, family-friendly community with lots of activities and great people. I hope you enjoyed that episode and our look at Beaumont. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can visit my website where you'll find hundreds of articles on Canada's history as well as all my podcast episodes. Just go to canadaehx.com. And again, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash canadaehx. Just like all of these wonderful patrons have. And I apologize if I mispronounce any names. Lori Ann Kirby, Gary Dolovich, Nick Zinri, Pamela Elder, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Gunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roa, Luke S., Vic Hedges, J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, Spencer M., and Iris Gray. As well, you can find me on Facebook. Just search for Canadian History X. Remember, that's E-H-X. I'm on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And don't forget, you can find me on Instagram. Just search for Bairdo37. Thanks. We'll see you again next time.